This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey. I'm joined today by Robbie Payne. What's up, guys? And Gabriel Brangers. Hello. He's back. I'm back. He tested negative twice. Got an extra test. I'm the most after, negative person you know. After 10 <laughs> days or however long it was. And uh, he's back in the office. We're glad to have you back, Gabriel. Glad to be Wasn't back. quite the same without you. Good to be here. The podcast was interesting, though, last week. And it does it does reaffirm the fact that if we have to, we, we can make do it. Make it work. We can do it. We can make I, it work. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I was sitting in bed podcasting so for me it was great hey man it's awesome we live in a we live in a magical world where where you can podcast in your in your jammies if you want to but uh it's good to have you back luckily we don't have to keep doing that i'm glad that you uh tested negative so moving on uh trucking along here so first thing we want to talk about uh we have a new giveaway we're just we're just chucking out giveaways left and right right now like who wants to give Give it away away? who wants to give away and uh, this one's a big one, though, because we, last year, uh, at this time, we're doing our On the Run to 100K uh, for YouTube, and as part of that, we were giving away an Asus... C434. 434. Yeah. I couldn't remember if we had the... Yeah, I guess the new one wasn't out at that point, was it? 436 no, it wasn't was. out yet. No, 436 didn't debut until January. Oh, we saw uh, it yeah, at that's CES. Right. Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So we were giving away the 434 last year, and that was awesome. But that was kind of tied to that campaign. So our best of Chromebooks came out, and we said, hey, look, here's a here's a Chromebook that we really like. I think it won the mid-range? No. And the 434? Which one? The, in, the, in June when we did yeah, the best no, of? No, no, no. no, no, no the no. one we did the prior one, to that. The one in, back then. I can't remember. A, Whatever. It doesn't matter. Question. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It was I'm a it was a, it was a <clears throat> highly ranked Chromebook for our best of in 2019, and we were giving it away kind of as part of a separate giveaway. Well, this year, we were working on our best of uh, uh, 2020, and our number one overall winner without any question is the Acer Spin 713. It's the Chromebook that Robbie has used more than, I think, any other Chromebook I've ever seen you 
views. Uh, I, other than, well, Pixel you had the books. Pixel books. Pixel books. Yeah, yeah, you had the you yeah you had the original, and then you had the Go for a while. Uh, but this one's this one stayed around, and I mean, it's sitting right here on the desk with us. And so, as part of that, you know, we were. Um, hoping to maybe do a giveaway and, and we were even discussing hey we'll just go buy one if we need to and give this thing away because it's just such an awesome chromebook uh but we re- reached out to our friends over at acer and they were kind enough to send us one to give away and so we've got a we've got a brand new asus asus gosh <laughs> i was thinking it's, about 2019 we've been talking it asus been, this morning though too because they, they have a new device out it has well, been so. a very long week <laughs> it's been a lot it's been a lot <laughs> so we have a brand new acer Chromebook Spin 713 that we are giving away as part of our best Chromebooks of 2020, and I couldn't be more excited to say that. It's so cool that yeah, <laughs> they were willing to send us one of these well, things. Well, and, and at this point in the year, especially with uh, the best of 2020, you know, to be able to be giving away the Chromebook that even in that video and that post, and I think we would all just agree that, like, this this is the Chromebook of 2020. Yeah. Like, of all the Chromebooks that came out, when we start talking about price versus value versus just great user experience versus speed, you know, all those things together. The, the, the 713 just is its own category almost like it, it just doesn't, there's not a whole lot of trade-offs with this. And there are some, don't get me wrong. Wish I had a fingerprint scanner. I do. Um, but you know, not having to hit enter on the pin <laughs> screen anymore. It super fast. Like yeah. I can log in do just do do as do fast, do do do. Yeah. you know, and I've got it's I keep it within just a handful of numbers, but it's a, a special little combination that, you know, nobody else knows, and I only know, and I yeah. can, I can, well, it took me a week or so to learn it, but, you know, now my fingers work. I and, know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, don't I spy on Robbie <laughs> when he's working, no. and I know exactly And that's the thing, like, is. it's so fast now, I could even do it, and you wouldn't even be able to see Probably what it not. is. No. Um, no. So, it, that, that's a small. It's, it's eight, nine, eight, nine, eight, nine. <laughs> it's nine, 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 nine. I move my fingers, but all I do is hit he's my ring finger He's actually hitting the nine. It just yeah. looks like he's hitting the eight. Yeah, that's it. But. It's, I mean, yeah, it's just a fantastic Chromebook. It's, I mean, it, it wasn't the winner of our premium because it was, it's only 629. Yeah, but it, yeah, it in, doesn't, it doesn't go into that category right. because it's not, but it still unquote, beats unquote, it premium. because but it's, it's still the probably overall. the overall. So like, it's best in class and it's best overall. So yeah. And we technically don't have that, you know, and so like you could put it up against the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook, for instance, and there's going to be some ways that the, the Galaxy Chromebook is going to beat it. It's yeah. If you disregarded price. Yeah. yeah. If you're just looking at them right. as Chromebooks. But still, like, I owned both at, at one point in time in the year. I chose this one because, I don't know, there's something and that, about... that says a lot. Yeah, yeah. there's something about a $1,000 Chromebook that, I don't know, creates a certain sense of, like, nitpickiness in me. He, he's uh, mad at Samsung because they are still not acknowledging the battery issue. <laughs> Well, well, not they, not acknowledge it. They They're acknowledge not fixed it. it. Yeah. The weird thing is they acknowledged they can, it. I just don't think they can fix it. I yeah. don't think there's anything they can do. It's got a small battery and it's got a power hungry CPU in it. Like, it's what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's it's not much you can do to Gosh, fix it. Samsung and batteries, man. Jeez, yeah. jeez, Louise. Yeah, on the bright it. side, they're not blowing up. Yeah, very true. <laughs> that but we know of yet. <laughs> but it's super. Ooh. You know, it's super thin and it's light and the colors on it are just gorgeous and the screen is fantastic. But that being said, that 4K screen, while it looks nice and is crazy bright i would prefer the screen on this on this acer because yeah. that that mm-hmm. three by two aspect ratio is so much better suited for the web um it's still high res so i can't i can get yeah. my face into this thing and not see a pixel so that's not a that's not a concern um, but it's not pushing as many nearly as many pixels as the samsung because it's not trying to be 4k i mean to be to honestly to me 4k screens on a 
4K pixels on a 13-inch screen are just kind of silly. It's just absolute overkill. I mean, this screen is just under or just over uh, 1440, so it's like wow, uh, 2204. It's yeah, like really 2204. by 15-something, you know. So it's it's a 3 by 2 variation of a quad HD display. Quad HD on this kind of screen is, is great. Um, and you get the taller screen size. It's 13.5 inches. Whereas Samsung, like if you set this next to Samsung's 13.3 16 by 9 screen, this screen looks monstrous compared mm-hmm. to it. And isn't taking up that much more space. It's just using the, the allotted screen real estate in a yeah. much better way. And so yeah. you end up getting the vertical screen size. I've said this like 100 times this year. Vertically, it's the exact same as a 15.6 inch 16 by 9 screen. So you get the exact same vertical space that you would get on that size of a monitor and just, you know, cut the edges off. And oh, by the way, the web is oriented towards that Top sort of bottom. content now. Right. It's not vertical anymore. <laughs> or it is vertical. It's not yes, horizontal. Yes, it's not horizontal. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And so, uh, it, you know, it, it's just been a great Chromebook. Like when I have to go, like this week, you know, my wife had some stuff had to be done uh, at uh, Endo dentist is that who does sure sure bro. endodontist uh anyway so she was getting her stuff done i went down the road to a coffee shop that had like four tables open you know that you could sit in so i found it i actually got a table um and sat down and, and had my coffee and was working on my acer and it didn't have to sit and think like oh god you know like i feel crunched and because i'm used to working on this big huge screen on my desk it's just uh it's a fantastic device great battery life doesn't have the best keyboard like i think samsung's got a better keyboard and but it's it's good yeah it's 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 not bad at all very comfortable to work from backlit you know trackpads trackpads really good too um no issues there there are better trackpads i think that have better feel overall to them but it's it's this is very good and so you get a a good keyboard a very good trackpad mil spec rating so i chuck it in my bag i don't think twice about it you know And, and then it comes down to the screen for me like I like three by two screens. There's just no way around that. Like the the original Pixel Book, that's that was my favorite part of the Pixel Slate. Um, you know, so there's a lot to be said for this device. And then it came in at six hundred and thirty dollars yeah. retail. And I remember so whenever we first got the email from is it on sale right now. It is on sale what, right now. Five, uh, yeah, eighty dollars off. Yeah, five forty nine. Yep. I thought I saw eighty on uh, eighty dollars off. Yeah, five hundred fifty dollars for this Chromebook. That, by the way, the the predecessor to it that it didn't change that much from. You know, the predecessor I think was a little more clunky in its build. This one feels a little more refined. It did have a stowable stylus, but whatever. Um, now that you can, it's USI though, yeah, right? Pick a USI. So pen yeah, go up get and, your eye plume and use that. Yeah, and so like when we look at this device compared to its pre- the the predecessor to it that has an older processor, still costs more money. Yeah, it's absolutely. crazy. I don't even understand how they even justify this. But you know, it was a nine hundred to over a thousand dollar Chromebook when it came out. The the original Spin thirteen. Yeah, I remember the configuration I used for a long time, which I absolutely loved. Was it was eight ninety nine if you bought it retail? Yeah. So i five. So the same. It's the same internals as this. I think is that one twenty eight. Yeah, eight one twenty eight. So just crazy <laughs> price difference. So you knock really three hundred dollars off. Value. Refine Such a value. Yeah. The, the build quality of it mm-hmm. and ship it for that price. It's insane. Right. Um, yeah, I remember when they said the price, we checked back and forth oh, with yeah. our rep because we were like, times. "Are you sure are the one that's just using? and it's just that configuration? The other configurations seem they're not they're not." like outrageously priced but they seem priced more according to what we're accustomed yeah, to with these right. premium it's devices like, this one was just 
knockout, man. It's like they did something special with this one. I, I don't yeah. know. I so, think they, and then I think they wanted to aim this one at the consumer segment. They, right, can, so. they convinced Intel. They're like, man, we're going to sell a ton of these. Yeah. Can I, we get a discount on the chips? Yeah. I hope they. I hope they've sold a ton of them because we, we we recommend it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean, all of that to say, like, this is just such an awesome Chromebook, and and the fact that we're giving one away is just just makes me happy. So we'll link it. You guys definitely need to go get entered to win that. Our um, our other giveaway is ending today, so you probably won't be able to get entered in that one if you haven't already. The duet giveaway, but we have another giveaway starting hopefully this weekend. Uh, so stay tuned yeah. for that one. Yeah. Um. So the other two winners, it, it is worth noting the Samsung uh, Galaxy Chromebook did win our top tier. It 650 did. 650 up. That tier is so weird. Yeah. Um, we talked it, about it that really in the video is. in the post. Like right now, I think, I think we were talking about this yesterday that there's a good chance that in 2021, the, the premium tier of Chromebooks gets a rejuvenation, like a new lease on life. Um, I think multiple things played into it this year. Um, one being the Lenovo Flex 5 shipping and causing everything to change a little bit. Yeah. I, I just don't think you could show up anymore with a decent Chromebook and charge 600 bucks for it and not think about it. Right. So now that pulls all of those six and $700 Chromebooks down. Um, I mean, you can get the HP uh, X360 14C right now for, it's at 150 bucks. No, it's, it's it not was. anymore. Yesterday it was. It's back to retail right now, but on Black Friday it's going to be 379. It's going to be 250 dollars off. It's, I mean, it's insane, and that's what that's HP's mo. I mean, that's <laughs> they what they put it on sale done. after yeah, they, they announced the, it. <laughs> the original 14. It's la- always on last sale. Black Friday was 350 dollars, and it sold like crazy. And it's I mean, for 350 dollars, it is a killer device. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you I, get I that even, just the extra four gigs of RAM. I mean, I yeah. love the Flex. I wish if Lenovo had done eight gigs of RAM and 450, I think that could have been probably one of the most solid mid-range devices out there. But they yeah. don't do eight gigs of RAM, and yeah, I don't that, understand. Yeah, and I get you know you got to cut corners, but to to drop a device that was that good for four hundred nine dollars <throat> for that not to be a special price or yeah. hope you get it at that like you can just walk in any day and get it at that it just it it upended a lot of stuff in that that segment and so what when that happened and all these mid-range chromebooks like the one we just talked about i mean i there's no way that acer didn't look at that and go you know we can't launch this device that's yes better than the flex but not it's not four hundred dollars better than the flex five so we can't do that so i think that happened hp launched their you know the 14c at at um 630 as well which again, HP always knows they're going to put their stuff on sale. So at first, when the HP came out, you're like, you're going to put that up against the Acer 713. Really? Like, how? Yeah, because dollar world? for a dollar, the HP is great, but it does not go toe to toe with the well, Acer at all. It's EMMC storage. Yep. It's half the storage of this device. It's got a 16 by 9 screen. That's and that's okay. it's okay. Their screens are just, they're not bad, but they're not they're not great. There there should be a standard for flagship. Yeah air quote flagship devices and hp's just never hit it never no, i no. mean the they, keyboard's they good that, that c1030 stuff's great. yeah that thing shows up we might and that's the thing different there if you're talking on oh, the x2 the hp oh X2. yeah the x2 was it had great. basically had the pixelbook screen in yeah. it it was it was great but like the the c1030 shows up and you take money out of the equation i'm hoping that it will be hands, especially when you get that thousand nit screen, it yeah. will be the best <laughs> device ever made. But for then reference, it, but they, that, that one is off the, 
when you right, it's to, not there anymore. You yeah. don't have it. You don't have the privacy screen right now. So that's probably not till twenty twenty one. But money is always a factor, though. So you take the C ten thirty, and until we have it, we won't know. But you take it and you put it beside the Samsung. Which one wins? Because the right. the Mac Daddy C ten thirty is going to be what two thousand dollars nineteen eighteen. Oh uh, yeah, you know for sure. Yeah, the the what is the one they're doing right? The nine ninety nine one is is it eight one twenty eight? I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Um, but you know, same same idea. But then you start having to talk about the Acer, then right? I mean, yeah, it's a thirteen something inch. I think it's a thirteen inch is what the C ten thirty is. I can't remember if it's thirteen thirteen whatever it 13, is thirteen three. It's, it's going to be in this range. It's it's a three by two screen as well. Uh, even tinier bezels than this display, and it's tiny bezels all around, which looks really sweet. But it's uh, basically an extended 1080p display, so you're not. It's you're, you're going to be able to tell ever so slightly. Like if you get up on it, you're going to be able to tell it's not as high res as the Acer. So the Acer is high res enough that you're leveraging some scaling, and the pixels aren't perceptible by your your naked eye. The C1030 is 19 or it's yeah 1920 by is it 1200 that makes you a three by two or whatever it is, but it's, it's basically 1080p with extra pixels on the bottom. So that's weird. it's it still 13 and a half. They've just okay. trimmed the bezels down. So, so, th- so it's going to stand toe to toe with the, uh, the 713 we have right here. When we're looking at those two displays, they're both about 400 nits. So brightness won't be a thing. I'm sure colors are probably going to be really good on the C1030, but you're losing the resolution. It's not going to be quite as crisp. It's going to be interesting to see what 1080p looks like at that size because we've, we've just not seen that um we've got 1080p and a 13.3 inch 16 by 9 um so it, it dpi should be the same because we're talking probably roughly actually less width than what we see in something like the lenovo flex 5 or the um, uh, pixelbook go which are both 13.3 1080p screens that honestly i never look at and go oh god it's so grainy like eh, it's it's fine at normal viewing distances you can't tell Yes, you get your face up in the screen. You yeah. can probably pick it out. And that's the thing with these convertible-type devices. You, that They're going to tend to, in like presentation mode or tent mode, to get up closer to you. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see, especially sat next to this one that's already out of the gate without sale prices, what, $370 less uh, than the C1030 is going to be unless it comes out and is actually cheaper because right now those configurable ones we all know yeah hp always does weird they, stuff what, on not that. really sure that's, what's going on that's the on one that has the thousand nit option right yeah yeah so, well it doesn't right now like, but i was just looking did, at it but i didn't realize this the base model it's 400 nits so yeah. good on them for finally yeah, doing that it's but 400 or a thousand this, i just this isn't going to be a device that you're going to get at best buy though and it's not going to be a device that's going to be on crazy sales, I don't think. Yeah, that's like it feels HP like HP should right. There's HP's like consumer channels, and then there's HP's like corporate, you yeah. know, enterprise channels. This one clearly, I mean, it's of course it just says elite elite Chromebook C1030. I don't think it says enter, you know Chromebook Enterprise. You can do the enterprise option. Upgrade, yeah. It just depends on how they want to market it, basically. Sure. So the Chromebook, yeah, that, that Gabe has right here, the C the Pro C640, is not marketed towards consumers and so that's why we don't see you know we don't see regular discounts on it we don't see it fall off on price like to me the the x360 14c is a very similar chromebook and it's better all around almost and it, but it's geared towards consumers yeah. and frankly it's going to go on sale more often and it has everything that this one has I, yeah, you know this it's, one's this one's a 
hard to recommend. It's made Chromebook. to be a, a fleet Chromebook that you <laughs> yeah. just get out, you and, know, whatever. and you're going to buy it in bulk. Yeah, and, and I hate it because it, this device has all the stuff that I like in a Chromebook because I want that raw horsepower because I like testing stuff and I'm always messing with Linux and all that. But the screens, I, I don't use the screen. I plug into my monitor when I walk in, which is crazy because I have an HP monitor and I love it. But I plug into my monitor, my Chromebook's off to the side. Robbie works with his Chromebook as a second display in front of his monitor. I, I just use it off to the side and I'll drag stuff over there if I need it. But I don't like, if I'm at home, I'm going to look at the Pixelbook Go. If I'm at work, I've got this plugged into a monitor because I like the power. I don't like this. I mean, I'm. I'm all the way up right here. Yeah, it's pretty weak. It's no bueno. Yeah, it's like two, two, two twenty, or yeah. is it two fifty? Two fifty, but still two fifties is the absolute lowest. I, I don't think that's the bar. It, the bar no, should no, be three hundred. Yeah. that should be the bar. We've moved up from there. So let's talk about why the Samsung won the the top category for a second. I don't know that we got into. Yeah, that too I didn't. Much, I didn't yeah. Sorry, I got off put because and all of that the category is weird come, it's yeah. super yeah. weird because and we of put all the c1030 in there yeah mainly because there wasn't a lot to fill it out yeah for real um yeah. the c1030 isn't technically like i think it went up for order again this week it had been unavailable um we're hoping hp gets us one if they don't soon enough probably when the holidays die down we'll, we'll just go get one, get one yeah. um but the category is just weird because again we've, we've had all these mid-rangers pull the price in and it seems like the upper end of the category or upper end category hasn't responded to this. Yeah, at least not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Um, and so Cause you gotta really think the Samsung, all you, Samsung all you was have debuted up there, in January. Yeah. But all you have up there is the Samsung, the Asus Flip C four thirty six, which the, the higher let's be end. Honest, we've panned Why it. is that we've not on it. sale this year? Shoot. Asus never puts their stuff on sale. Because here's the deal, 799's yeah. <laughs> no way. If that thing went on sale though. But I mean, knock off 150 bucks yeah, or something. If, if yeah. it was, if it was 600, Maybe. 650. It. I love it. I think it's a beautiful device. They're just they've priced themselves out of the game. And someone, I read an article this morning. They did. I can't remember who. It, well, I don't want to say who it was because I'm not positive. But it was another. It was a very large tech site did their best of 2020, and that was their best premium device. I'm wow. like, of, wow. Of the few that they're out there, why would that? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it doesn't achieve much better battery life than the Samsung. Nope. So if that's not, and, and if we start comparing, you know, apples to apples with the two, you really need to go with the $1,000 model of the Asus Flip to get to compete with the Acer yeah. or to compete with the Samsung. It actually ends up with double the RAM of the Samsung at that price category. But when we start talking about screens next to each other, it's not it's not even close. Samsung blows it out of the water. Yeah. We start talking about keyboards. The keyboard on the Asus feels good under the hand, but the backlighting is so jacked up. Like, it was so bad. Um, like, if you ever have to look at your keys... Not they do that light, that light gray keyboard. It's light gray and then light gray yeah. keys. Like kind this, similar to this. But yeah. this it's similar works. to this, but they have the soft keys, and for some reason, the light just washes yeah, out on And, and the yeah. light goes through from the top and the bottom. It just, yeah, it's weird. It was not great with the C434, but as long as you turn the backlighting off during the day, it was fine. It was dark enough. The key, the, the symbols on the keys don't get dark whenever the backlighting's off. Exactly, they don't yeah. get dark enough, and so some of the light from you know the room bleeds into that and then it almost turns the same color and it just looks like you have a naked keyboard it's yeah. super weird yeah to me it looks like and this does it a little bit when it's dark it looks like you have an old laptop that the keys worn, worn the key. off that's <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly what it looks yeah. like that's exactly so that was frustrating with yeah. it um the build to me for an 800 dollars device 
Like yeah. I picked the Samsung it up, feels, and even though it's thin, it feels it, so it, put it together. Solid. Or the Pixel Book Go, you pick yeah. it up, it's thin, but it's like substantial. Like you feel like you could like nail stuff in with. Oh it, yeah, you know. And you pick up the Asus, and it was relatively little, flimsy. Little flimsy. Yeah. Um, like if I pick up this, yeah, this Asus firm. Um, There's a device I had in my hands the other day that was kind of like that. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's not terrible. You know, but, but oh, price, see, I think this feels like this. I think this feels not well put together. But at that, yeah, at that price, you want it. Yeah, th- this so. is about the flimsy. Like I can click the trackpad by wrenching the <laughs> yeah, device. Yeah, it's not good. But then you take the Dell, which is also priced pretty crazy. Uh, but the Dell seventy four ten. Yeah, to me, it feels solid. Yeah, I mean, it's tanks. a very refined. It doesn't feel clunky, but it feels solid. But again, they, they've priced themselves to enterprise, and those yeah. are the people that are going to be buying them. Yeah. Robbie just closed all my nice. all my Chrome but, windows. So the the Samsung <laughs> wins pretty much across the board on, in that comparison. Yeah, and, and, and what else do we even about have on looks there? and the sleekness of it, yeah. and like it's just it's just yeah. beautiful. I, yeah. I wanted to love that Chromebook, and for um, somebody who's going to be plugged in all the time, like it still. Yeah, if you're not if you out the want yeah. the top end, like if you want yeah, that, we're not we're not saying. Don't buy it. Absolutely. We're just saying there's a lot better stuff you could do with your money. But there are people that want that. They want that sleek. Yeah, the they aesthetic want, they want and all that stuff matters. They want, and that's fine. And right now you can get it for pretty close to seven hundred dollars and it's it's relatively easy to recommend it at yeah that so price. Where, where is it where is it on sale so right best buy and samsung both have it for 7.99 if you have happen to have an iphone xs max pro whatever laying around i don't know what is the it, i don't know where you're going anyway <laughs> samsung has their their usual trade-in stuff you can trade in tablets and stuff towards one but rackadin's still doing 10 percent for like three more days so you can get 10 percent cash back plus education military all those discounts if you go to samsung.com uh, and we've got the link in our, in our last article if you go there you can get it down to right around 700 bucks yeah so. yeah and at that, that price, price that's <laughs> that's becoming way more interesting to me and you know for me it, it just became like i didn't like taking the samsung home when i had it i would take it home on the weekends like i don't want to sit on a charger over the weekend no i might write a couple articles over the weekend i'm going to look up a few things might browse the repositories play with some social media i'm not i'm not pushing my chromebook like crazy on the weekends we got a lot of stuff going on usually i, I don't want to think about charging a chromebook over the weekend i shouldn't have to for a device that gets eight to ten hours of battery life it's going to get me through the weekend i'll plug it back in when i get to the office on monday the Samsung wasn't making it through half the day on Saturday for me. Like I'd, I'd be getting the Saturday afternoon, like oh, yeah. I got to charge, you know, now I've got to sit at this one spot on my couch. So yeah. I can charge like th- that. I don't like battery anxiety, even though I work most of the time at the office. I don't like the idea that if something comes up and I'm out of the office, just like I was this week, I don't want to have to worry about finding a power outlet mm-hmm. in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic when I'm sitting at a coffee shop. Like exactly. I want to sit in my chair and not move with my mask on until I get up and leave. Like, and you know, to me, when you're, when you're talking about paying a thousand dollars for a Chromebook, that should not be in the yeah, equation. I shouldn't even have to be thinking about yeah. those things. And so I think it's just like too big of a trade off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we threw the other, you were asking the other one that went in there was the, the high end pixel book goes. Oh, that's right. The I five and I seven. Those, yeah. I, th- I still think those, uh, are, worth considering if you're just like i don't care about all these other chromebooks i want the google the googliness there's something about it there's just something to be said about picking up the pixelbook go or original pixelbook there's something about the way they build stuff and the way it feels and the way it works i i still love them and so if you're just like that's what i want i just want more horsepower than that mid-range one 
you know, yeah, go with the i5. I sure. don't think the i7 with the the 4K screen when we put it up against the Samsung this was it was an embarrassment, yeah, honestly. So I, I wouldn't bother with that. Plus, you're going to lose performance and battery life because of those 4K pixels that aren't really offering you much of anything. So even though you're bumping up to an i7, you're pushing yourself back with the extra screen and, and pixels. So the i5 is kind of where to go on that one yeah. uh, if you're going to go with a more premium. Yeah. And then, you know, fingers crossed, we'll... We'll get another Pixel Book at some yeah. point in the future, but who knows? Maybe. Uh, as our second half, we'll we'll talk about yeah. ARM and um, all that kind of stuff, and maybe maybe we're maybe. not Google. getting a new AMD Pixel Book. Maybe no, <laughs> no. no we're not. Maybe Google though. We'll uh, we'll we'll get into their own chips. And, yeah, and, uh, that would be amazing. Might let's, change that whole conversation. So let's talk about the affordable category winner real quick, and I think this one's probably obvious for anybody who's followed our blog or our YouTube channel for any amount of time. The Lenovo Chromebook Duet was by far the yeah. winner of our yep. affordable category. And uh, it's uh, it's just one of those devices for the price that we recommend it all the time. It's a great it's a great device to have at home. It's a great device. Honestly, if you need to just go out and get a little bit of work done, you can definitely do that on this thing. It comes with the keyboard and it's just awesome. It's a great little device and for the price. What what what's its retail? It was so on sale. Retail's two ninety nine for the one twenty eight model, which yeah. we always recommend because the 249 models sometimes hard to get and it's half the storage so fork over the extra 50 bucks yeah. and get the 128 you're going to want it. especially if you like my house where the kids use the tablets and they're installing 50 games a day you want the storage <laughs> yeah. but you can get it for 250 at best buy right now and it's probably going to stay that way through the end of black friday which is strange i honestly the lenovo's two big releases the flex 5 and the the uh duet duet it's like IdeaPad because it was the IdeaPad at one point nine. Um, those two devices, when they came out with their MSRP that was so aggressive early in the year, I just went ahead and conceded in my mind, I don't care what happens on Black on Friday. Sale. They're not going to go on sale. They're going to put like 10 bucks off or something like that or 10% off or Throw something. Throw in a smart clock essential. Right. Or yeah. Like, like bundle that, it yeah. or something like that. We're just, there's no way, no way they have the ability to have a sale on these devices. And yet here we are. Yep. There, I mean, heck the duet was on sale. The big one was on sale for what? Two thirty. Yeah, it was like it's a two, week and a half. It's two fifty right now, but yeah, it went, it went to like two seventy. Then it went to two fifty. Then it went to two twenty nine. Now it's back up to two fifty. I, I, it'll probably be two fifty until they either sell out or black Friday's over. So. Yeah. I mean, bonkers. I mean, it, it, for what you're talking about getting in that device, I yeah. mean, that's another thing where price just informs your opinion. When you talk about that little amount of money, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, it's a little slow. Yeah, so what? It was yeah, $250. but go out and buy a good Android tablet for $250. Like a good one. Don't bother going out because that's not a thing. Right. You're yeah. going to buy the... <laughs> you're going to waste not, your time not, trying to find We're not going to say who. We had someone that asked us they were going to buy the Duet. And then one of their business partners bought the Samsung S7 plus yeah but he didn't realize what he was buying was the keyboard because it's <laughs> called the seven plus well galaxy the tab listing s7 the listing plus. said galaxy Earth. tab s7 plus keyboard so he thought he was buying the tablet plus, keyboard. plus the keyboard <laughs> no he bought the keyboard and it was 600 bucks no the keyboard was like two something <laughs> yeah, so 200 something dollars for a keyboard he didn't get a tablet yeah. Either, so once he went back and looked the whole yeah. package I mean, would have been honestly honestly honest mistake but still Unless you're going to buy the latest Galaxy Tab, whatever, the you're not going to get a good Android tablet and spend less. Yeah, than I mean, Samsung's the only one that makes a solid Android tablet at this point, and the good ones are 
start at six or seven hundred bucks. I mean, they're they're iPad style things. You know, that's that's the how much the was that A one in. that you bought the A uh, like, like four four hundred bucks or something yeah. like that. Yeah, probably can get them for three. The A series uh, tablets they do not have great processors in them. So, I mean, they they struggle as much at, or more than the Duet does. And then you don't get the option of having a full desktop browser and, you know, really good windowed capabilities while you're plugged in and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you're looking to get anything done on it, you know, the, yeah. the Duet makes way more sense as a tablet. And I think... Oh, and you're getting a full desktop class. Right. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like, and I felt like this when they launched this uh, tablet and then, you know, the pandemic set in and so things have just been weird, but I'm hoping, you know, we, we've got eyes on um, one other MediaTek, low end MediaTek tablet. And um, yeah, the other one Snapdragon tablet coach Z. Um, so those are the two other arm powered Chrome OS tablets we're we're tracking right now. I'm hoping the the industry moves in this direction. Like all these people that have made cheaper Android tablets, like, hey, cast your eyes over here. Like, this is a much better value proposition yeah. for end users. You know that, oh, you can do a few tablet things or hand it off to your kids and do all that kind of stuff. But you're so much more flexible with these devices and what you can do with them, especially as Android just keeps getting better on Chromebooks. Like, yeah, because there's so many, how many white label Android tablets are out there and they're garbage? I mean, they have a gig of RAM or maybe two oh, gigs yeah. of RAM. Like, what's a Kobe? Is that the brand? Like, you yeah, got a big yeah, lot yeah. No knock on it, whatever. But imagine if, I mean, obviously they would have to meet Google standards. So there, there is some work sure. to be done there. But imagine being able to go, your kid needs a tablet just for basic stuff and you're able to go to Walmart and buy a Chrome OS tablet for a uh, hundred and nine bucks. Yeah. I just, and it's not horrible. I feel like that's, there's a potential for the industry to move in that direction. Like tablets aren't dead. Tablets are, they're just, they've shifted, you know, uh, Apple one with a pure tablet. I think I, we just have to concede Apple won that war. I mean, but even their sales of iPads, you know, haven't, it's not like they're explosive anymore. So it's not like people, People buy a tablet and keep it for years now. And so, you know, thinking through what the affordable tablet race could look like, and I think that, you know, people could start finally going, oh, well, if I got a Chrome OS tablet, I can do all the same Android stuff I was doing on this cheap Android tablet. Oh, but if I plug it into a screen or I have a mouse and keyboard or it's got a keyboard dock or something, like my kids can actually use it for school? Like, oh, it's not just a touch interface. And so... It's just going to take a little bit of time for people yeah. to see that and other manufacturers to go, okay, how can we do this and what would it take? And But Lenovo clearly has yeah. proven. I was going to say, they set the possible. stage. Yeah. It's possible to yeah. do this at an affordable rate. Um, you know, are we going to see $100 Chrome OS tablets? Probably not because the people that want to make those aren't going to want to um, rise up to Google's quality standards. But I think the two to $300 Chromebook tablet race I, I think we'll look back and see it had it began with the duet. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you yeah. know, because there've been some tablets before, but they were overpriced. Like mm-hmm. the Acer Tab Ten was three eighty or something like mm-hmm. that, and never went on sale. And it was terrible. It was super slow. It had a great screen on it and a stowable stylus, but it was all plastic. It was clearly built kind of cheap. Didn't have any peripherals to it. No dockable keyboard. It was overpriced and really slow. And so, like, to me, that didn't count. And Asus made a, the exact same thing. It's Scarlet. You know, yeah, they made, there's they made three the of them out there, and they're identical. So. But they were all just, 
not great and they were built kind of for education but they weren't built with a keyboard in mind so like for students it's like well what are they supposed to do with this thing like you want them to never have a keyboard or are you going to go no third party is going to make a keyboard for a device that sells a thousand units like yeah. it's just not going to happen yeah. so it was just just kind of a messy space for a while and it's like lenovo decided and they clearly worked with google on this they decided like we're going to do this and attack this in a very aggressive manner uh, meaning we're going to have the accessory in the box and we're going to make sure that the the thing feels good and looks good and doesn't feel like a piece of garbage and I don't I don't know how they pulled it off I don't they know but some, they they did and I'm hoping magic I'm hoping that one of the uh, you know we've talked about MediaTek's upcoming processors they're the 8192 and then the 8195 that are coming in 2021 that I'm hoping one of those ends up being a Lenovo I hope we get a duet too oh yeah uh, just keep the same formula just Seriously. upgrade the processor and give me a freaking usb type c that has a proper output for monitors yeah which by the way uh everything we've seen with Acerata and most of other mediatek 81 uh 83 devices which are what's in the duet all have the the mucks in there to do yeah, proper just, output for some reason on just, the duet didn't do it i <laughs> not gonna not, not we gonna just do don't it. don't go not, down that let's not go down not, that rabbit hole let's take a quick not. break for an ad and we'll be right back this podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord. N-O-R-D. Alrighty, welcome back, everybody. If you listened to our podcast last week, you would have heard us talking about the M1 chip uh, that that uh, Apple announced and showed some pretty outlandish graphs on stage. Yeah, and there was already like back and forth. Graphs yeah. are tight. But yeah, there was back and forth. Like... <laughs> online even as we podcasted last yeah. week where people were like i bet it's gonna do this be like ah, it's that's gonna be trash and you know people going back and forth and it's like hey don't you know on both sides of it like i think mkbhd had the probably the most grounded approach he's like you're arguing basically about the same thing you're just coming at it from different perspectives yeah, exactly. one of yeah. you is saying you're bo- you're both assuming things basically mm-hmm. before the thing's out some of you are assuming bad things and some of you are assuming good things you know but you're both trying to get to the same argument. And I think that was fair. Um, but it turns out <laughs> the people who thought it was going to be a monster were right. Uh, and Apple apparently has gone and delivered on its claims. Cause Tuesday yeah. morning, all of a sudden all the nine thirty, yeah, all the M one, uh, uh, reviews all dropped. Like all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God. Cause I remember Joe got to the office and I was like, dude, have you watched it yet? And I was like, no, he hadn't yet. So we just sat and consumed, uh, new MacBook videos for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of see, like, okay, let's see if everybody's on the same page. And across the board, they pretty much are. Yeah. Um, it's Apple has pulled off something here that, you know, they deserve credit for. And, mm-hmm. and I say this all the time. Like, I, I give Apple credit where credit's due. Credit is, is due here. Like, they've... They've done something that clearly this wasn't uh, a fly-by-night situation. Um, now, they've been planning and yes. working on this thing for a while now. Like, my guess is probably around the A12. Like, when they introduced the Bionic yep. chips, 
uh, the minute they started really they were like, getting we can separate cores this. to do things, yeah. they're like, in a laptop. Yeah, they were like, look what Uh-oh. we've done. It's, I think it was that, and because they, uh, I think the Bionics came along with the first iPad Pro mm-hmm. as well. And I think it was just the culmination of all those things. I guarantee you that it wasn't like, oh, wow, maybe we should think about it. I think those were testing it was devices. A, it was part of the roadmap for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, like, I bet they've been on this, uh, I, from what most people think, 20... Uh, about 2015, 2016, whenever Skylake hit, like Skylake was like the straw that broke the camel's back for Apple and Intel. Like the Skylake chips were just a mess on, they were a mess on Chromebooks too. Um, but they were a mess on, uh, on Apple's stuff. And I think that was where they decided, you know, we've been thinking about our own Silicon and it's not the first time that Apple's changed. Like everybody just assumes Apple always had Intel chips and they didn't. They used to have those Cord 2 Duo, whatever, uh, power PCs, that that stuff, whatever that was. That that was what they were on for a long time. And so when they made the switch to x86, it was a, it was similar to what they're doing now. It was a paradigm shift. It was a, uh, a shift for them in the way that the instruction sets get handled. And their developers had to, you know, they had to create bridge software. And then the developers came along. So this isn't the first time Apple's done this. And so it's not unprecedented. It is just a big big move um and the crazy part is they've the oh, <laughs> somebody, yeah, someone has is. the loudest gps so somebody's out there jamming what happened yeah and it and then google maps just cut in and yeah because if you ever heard motorcycle speakers they're comparable to like live <laughs> yeah. studio pa systems right and the guy obviously had his phone connected to it. <laughs> that was funny. It was really loud. I was like, Gross. I thought it was coming from our office. I, I was like, why is Max so loud in there? <laughs> um, but yeah, like what they're what they're doing, what they're delivering here is is shocking because it, it it's a big shift that they not only said you know finally announced and said we're going to do this, they're delivering these first gen versions of these things that are just blowing everybody's minds, to be honest with you. Um, and and so you've got multiple things going on here. So you've got their chip, which is insanely more powerful, I think, than anybody thought that they could pull off with an ARM-based chip at this point. So And what what uh, uh, what ARM Cortex is it? I, I don't Does know. Does anyone that, know yet? Did we ever figure out what it was? I, I don't no think they idea. published that anywhere. Because I remember we were looking when it first was announced, but I wonder if now that people have had them in their hand, can you find that on the... Uh, they the they don't put it in their details. I'm, I guarantee it. Uh, let's see. Apple M1 Cortex I am gonna Core. See. Let's just see. See if anything pops up. Yeah, I I doubt it. They're probably keeping keeping it hush hush. hush. But the I, thing I, is, like, I think I mean, the fact that it's out, it can't be 78 because that ARM just debuted Cortex yeah. A78 like well, this month or something. So they just said, hey, this is a thing you can use. So. It seems like it would be impossible for them to have that out that fast. Whatever um, they've done, they've taken the pieces that they need of whatever Cortex and made it work. Uh, I, I doesn't so, even. So this is Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth. But they're comparing it. It's ARM architecture, obviously, but they're comparing it to what Intel's doing with Lakefield, which is Lakefield's like the aren't that like the four big cores, one small core, or something like that? Yeah, I think so. They're saying it is ice storm cores and firestorm cores, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I was <laughs> no. just curious. But now um, I must find out. 
<laughs> yeah, keep, so keep digging. Yeah, it's it, we're not sure. We just know it's ARM based, um, and so that means a different instruction set for software. So, a they built an insanely fast processor to start with, and everybody kind of thought that wouldn't be the case because like ARM is always lag behind x86 in performance. And we've known that gap was closing. I just don't think anybody realized how small or completely eradicated that gap is now. Yeah. Um, and so you, you've got that on one hand. But then you've got the other part of it where um, they also promised Rosetta 2 would be this emulation. They they, they don't call it emulation, though. Like uh, I think Dieter and Neelay were talking about it. It's not, it's not technically emulation. It's actually a conversion software. Uh, but it's it's the closest thing you can imagine is emulation, um, what m- most people have seen. And so you have that software also that's allowing for Intel-based apps for them to rewrite those instruction sets and then run on this new architecture. So everybody assumed that, too, because we've seen this uh, attempted by Microsoft with Windows. So and Windows on garbage. ARM. <laughs> yeah, so Windows on ARM runs a handful of applications uh, on these new Snapdragon 8CX processors, so like the Surface Pro X, the newest yes, Surface Pro X, one, yeah. well, the old one too, um, they run uh, ARM-based stuff fine, but then it, when it comes down to you know needing to have um, you know Photoshop or something that's not been built for ARM, not not been rewritten and compiled like for that. Whenever he was zooming in on the image and it was like layered oh, rendering, yeah, oh, you can it's tell like, it's just oh, it's not so hitting bad. GPU, like it's just not working. The the instruction set is not being rewritten in a good way to where it's efficient. Emulation takes away from horsepower; it just always has. So we kind of expected that same thing to happen with Rosetta Two. Doesn't seem to be really the case. Uh, most reviewers are saying, "Yeah, my x86 apps are working pretty well." I mean, like the Verge, it's not like the Verge said their all their Photoshop or all their Adobe suite was it was working, working fine, um, right? They said, "Yeah, they said there was a little bit of slowdown, yeah. but it's workable. It's completely usable. It's fine." And the thing is, like big development houses are going to make. M1 compatible stuff. I think, I think Adobe has already said they're yeah, yeah. working Their on it Their right stuff will come now. out in 2021. So there's going to be a gap there and it's going to be some time. But uh, Chrome was released yesterday or day before mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, recompiled for the M1 chip. So like the bigger apps are going to come along really fast on this. I mean, yes, MacBooks aren't the dominant force in the industry. They're not. They own what, 15 or 20% yeah, or something nothing, like that. Nothing much. Um, of the market share. But there's just something about your stuff being able to work on a Mac. I mean, it's, they own enough of the market share enough of the, cause that's the thing. When we start talking about all PCs and everything, you got to, a lot of those PCs are in workforces. They are in stores, all that kind of stuff. And so windows PCs are just kind of everywhere embedded in all sorts of things. Macs are generally devices consumer, that people, yeah. consumer people go and buy. And so if we were able, I don't know if there's a graph for that, but if we were able to cut out all the extras and just say, okay, Consumers, how many people have a Mac? I bet it's closer to like a third. Yeah, probably uh, yeah. To, to maybe forty percent. Mm-hmm. You know, because you just walk around, go go to coffee shops, go to anywhere where you're out, and you see someone with a laptop. There's lots of places. Go to colleges. There are lots. <laughs> there are lots of MacBooks. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I wish that that Apple would have figured out how to do with this, since this is now their own silicon, this is their own in-house stuff that should have brought the prices down a little bit. Uh, like imagine had the MacBook Air come in for. Seven ninety nine or yeah. something like that, you know, um, or the like you had said the the Mac Pro, uh, MacBook Pro nine ninety nine. Like that would have been a really sweet spot, I think, and for them to be able to say, hey, not only are you getting the same type of performance you got before or better, 
we're also going to bring that price down a little bit to make it a little bit more uh, feasible for people to buy. But whatever, it's Apple. They they just charge more for stuff because they can. Um, They're a luxury brand. Yeah. <laughs> and they would own more of the market if they would get away from that. Yeah, but whatever. But it's their thing. <clears throat> um, but the important part is Apple promised some stuff here. And they, they just went and delivered it. They really did uh, with the M1. And I'm I'm a little shocked by it, but I'm also super encouraged by it because you know people a lot of times ask why it is, why are you on about ARM all the time? Like, why does it matter? Um, we've had comments like if if we if I have a eleventh gen uh, Tiger Lake Chromebook option in 2021, why am I, why do I care about ARM? Like, why do you care? Well, the benefits are pretty straightforward, I think. Um, insane battery life. I mean, the, the MacBook Pro is saying what twenty hours mm-hmm. of, of like video of playback. Use. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and and the reviewers are already starting to bear this out. They're like, yeah, it's the the battery life is double yeah. what we were getting on the previous well, generation yeah. of MacBooks. I forget the I forget the test Marquez said he ran, but he was looping a video. I can't remember. He had a 4K YouTube yeah. video in the background yeah. while doing something else. Yeah. Literally all day. Yeah. He got eight or eight and a half hours while doing like stuff like ridiculous amounts of stuff that you don't do like you just don't do that stuff um so yeah i mean it's we're probably talking multiple days wasn't he the one that said that using it like he normally uses a laptop he had he hadn't charged it since he got it yep um yeah that's that's ipad level battery so there you go if that that should just be enough for you if you can get a processor that's as powerful as everything you're used to or even and double your battery life yeah yeah but you you're doubling your battery well and the thing is like this processor in some aspects is actually far better uh than its intel equivalents you know um depending on the the thing you're doing so some of the rendering processes single core scores like benchmarks across the board it wins uh, against Core i9 chips, 10th gen i9 processor. So it's not a, oh, well, it's, it's pretty close to like an i3 or maybe an i5. Like, no, no it's, it's it's smoking everything. Uh, the GPU, I think, is where you get into the point where it's a strong GPU. It's not going to beat like a Core i9 with a discrete, um, you know, I don't know GPU numbers, but some, yeah, some AMD or some 3070 or even like a, tw- it, it's, it's going to be probably comparable to like the, a couple of years ago when the 1080s were the yeah. the biggest ones. But, I mean, these are cards that are more than strong enough to run the best video editors out there. I mean, it's not going to be, like, crazy AAA gaming. But no. at the same yeah, time, was- I, th- I think uh, graphics cards, like the big ones, I think they're so overhyped anyway. Yeah. These guys are spending, what's that new 38, 30, that thing's a oh, couple thousand dollars but for yeah. what i mean yeah, I, that's yeah. crazy but i don't i'm not into that so i don't know what was the game dave 2d was playing they all run for whatever was, reason tomb raider yeah uh, shadow something um is is working on it and you know he was getting like 28 frames uh or something like that on high settings can i play that on uh, stadia yeah yeah because the without scene they show without a joe and i both were like oh i've seen that oh, i've seen it's that about scene. as far I, as i made it yeah. <laughs> that's i was aware he's she's climbing she falls off the snow. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, they kept showing that scene and the point they were making in that was that you know this was and this was a game running through rosetta 2 yeah. so it's tr- being translated and you know like i don't i don't know that there are any games like bigger games that you can get that have already been compiled for the m1 i, I don't think so probably not yet um and it may be a while before we see that um but the point being, like, when it comes down to standard stuff you'd expect to do on a high-end computer, it's doing it. And it's doing it at, at thermal rates that are insane. 
uh, with with battery life that's insane. You know, I mean, and so you you quickly start to see, I think, the benefit of of ARM yeah. here. Um, you know, the TDP is really low, so it just doesn't need that much power. And because of that, like, it it's going to be 10, interesting. 10 watt? I yeah, I think it's 10 crazy. So, I mean, these, these are things that can be charged and run off of battery packs, yeah. you know, that you would carry on putting your cell phone. Um, it's that type of, of uh, processing. And so, like, having that, having these thin and light devices that are fanless, like the MacBook Air is completely fanless. And so... Over periods of time, if you're loading it up with stuff, the MacBook it's Pro gonna is going to throttle a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's going to throttle down just so it doesn't overheat. But, I mean, for general work cases, it's going to perform the exact same as the MacBook Pro. Um, and you can fit it in a small footprint, and you can customize these chips to do the things you want your hardware to do. And so all of those things kind of combine together now that we have performance that is, is rivaling uh, uh, Intel and x86 uh, architecture chips. Yeah, ARM to me is kind of the future of computing. Like there, the benefits aren't just oh here's more raw horsepower. It's oh here's more raw horsepower without fans and without you know with thinner form factors that you don't have to think about all these moving pieces inside your device anymore. It's more like a tablet with it's, benefits. It's integrated. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, just it's, one thing. It's integrated, and um, there's always advantages. You know, efficiency advantages of that. I mean, yeah. in, in anything, you yeah. know. Um, and it, and it, it begs the question, like we know that there are rumors that Google's working on their own chips, you know, for uh, the, the report that came out in March, both for Pixel phones and for a, a new uh, uh, Pixel book. And it just, I don't know, that gets me excited to think what they could do, what it's going to be like, you know, because uh, they, like we talked about last week, they've done some, some chip making, like they've, they've yeah. made the neural core things right. and they've done some of this stuff. Their Titan chip like, is, yeah, is in house. They, they've, they've, they've had a little bit of experience with this, but I'm confident that they could come out with, you know, a new chip for their phones. And um, how cool would it be if they just went ahead and put out an updated pixel book? Yeah. I mean, what, why not? I mean, the minute you can, you can build silicon that's going to power a phone again, Google wants to stay in the affordable phone range. The way to do that is to, be able to integrate your hardware all the way up and down. That's what Apple's done. And that's why I said it's, it's a little bit of a shame to me that this hasn't meant the cheaper price phones yeah. and cheaper tablets and cheaper everything from Apple because it's part of the equation for Apple. It just means having higher thresholds. They and need to build and make new, more money. They need to build a new spaceship. office. Yes. Have you seen their office? That's, that's why the prices <laughs> haven't come down. Um, but yeah. and not to say that Google doesn't make obscene oh, amounts of money of too. Course, so, yeah. uh, but I think for them, like they don't have the clout that Apple does, so they have to, in order to stay competitive, they need to stay in that Pixel 4a 5G range where it's like, hey, we're, we're going to deliver something better than you expect at less money. Um, and having your own in-house silicon helps you do that yeah. because you can build the experiences you want and tweak the cores inside of the, the chip and integrate things so that there's less thermal need and then integrate <clears throat> things so that there's less instruction sets being wasted it's it's just more efficient yeah. across the board and then you know translate that over to chrome os yeah you know, so that would the, be awesome the the interesting thing that we talked about so we were already very interested in this this chip and everything that they were doing but about the same time actually it, this this conversation started about a month ago i started looking into uh getting a new editing station basically uh, yeah as we've talked more internally about 
some some changes that we're going to do for the YouTube channel and wanting to maybe put out some some more content and doing some things with the podcast where there's video involved and we had a bottleneck with this device that we have, which that we figured out this one is a is Skylake. Skylake, and is, it, this is part of the the yeah. straw breaking the cables and it, back. And it's fine, <laughs> it's job, fine buddy. for most stuff. But uh, whenever I really load it down, I can't normally have Chrome open if I'm getting into a heavy workload in Final Cut. Like whenever I start adding graphics and color grading and even rendering and then exporting, like I cl- have to close Chrome. If not, it will take forever um but as part of that we started talking about hey let's get a new editing station well we were looking at the 20 gosh what 2014 14 trash cans and old mac pro yeah the old mac pro the little trash can one which you can still beef up and get a pretty nice device but it's dated we were going to spend three thousand three thousand uh it was like thirty two hundred dollars i think is what it ended up being so, you know, that's not too bad for a nice editing station. Well, then we hear, you know, Mac Mini with M1. And for the price, like, yes, the price didn't really come down. But the value of us being able to go, and we ordered one. So we, we were yeah. so impressed. Yesterday, with, with, yesterday we placed our order. Yeah, we were so impressed with the reviews and, and everything. If anything, we just want to try it just to see what ARM is capable of and right. to be able to make some videos about that and talk about video editing on our ARM processor. So so we so we, we ordered it, and as we were looking around at some different benchmarks, it's like, yeah, it, it was maybe a little bit slower for its rendering time for the video that Marquez de- did, the 8K RAW you know, whatever video he did. But he was comparing it to what we would assume is what, a twenty thousand dollar machine? Exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like so the value is still there. Like Oh, absolutely. The value value to performance is what I'm getting at. So so yeah, like the price didn't really come down. It, it, I guess yeah, the Mac minis were they were six ninety nine to begin with. And so they're they're about the same. I think you still get their original like base model Mac Mini for six ninety nine. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. And, and they're close. Yeah, it and doesn't you, matter. And you can't upgrade these anymore, obviously, because no. all this stuff's on the it's single all, die. Yeah. You know, so. So you know, we after seeing some of those rendered times that that Marquez put out and a couple others, I, I was just sold on it. I'm like, if anything, we we could go spend three thousand dollars or more to get something like the iMac that that marquez is using that's yeah. probably i9 right. completely beefed out you know 64 gigs of ram or something and it's only going to be a what maybe 10 percent, not even probably 10 percent, maybe less than yeah that. it's marginal when you look at the jump from what we have now to the mac mini or the mac mini to that yeah. it's yeah the, the so, value factor is so way we spent, better what, what what was our total order 1300 bucks yeah. yeah 13 and change so I mean, because we, we went ahead, and, we went and got a terabyte of storage right. and went up to sixteen gigs of RAM. Since it's uh, all soldered and everything, yeah, because yeah. we can't really do anything with it after that. So we wanted right. to have some room because I foresee this thing being around for a little while. I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, obviously, we're going to get it in and we're going to put a, the exact same project on each machine, run them, you know, from the from the original MacBook Pro, and then that, and see what we can get out of it. And I, I really, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm. I am almost certain that this thing is going to be our new editing machine, and I think that is incredible to say that we're uh, spent thirteen hundred dollars and are getting an editing machine that's comparable to probably a I would say out yeah, iMac. ten to fifteen thousand dollar yeah. iMac. It's insane. And then I mean, don't even let's not even talk about the the cheese grater. Oh yeah, I mean that's because he that was the other one he compared it to. 
Yeah. And that and, one was the fastest, like, of course. Well, and I watched a video yesterday. Dom Esposito did. Oh, yeah. He had yeah, the what was 2020 16-inch fully spec MacBook Pro, I think. I think he said it was four or $5,000 MacBook Pro 16-inch. And, I mean, it, the, the Mac Pro, the new M1, uh, it was... We were talking rendering times anyway on Final Cut for a pretty good sized file. Um, I think it one render was nine or ten minutes, and then the M or no, the M one was like nine and a half or nine nine minutes forty seconds, and then the beefed out Core i nine whatever was eight minutes and forty seconds. It was like a <laughs> right. minute exactly yeah. difference um, for the price. It's a, yeah, it's but insane. but for comparison, like right now, if you do we, we do we're doing everything four K now, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you do a five minute 4K video, how long does it take to? Well, the one that we did the other day that was about four minutes. What did we say? It was 45 minutes. Uh, the Media Tech. Yeah. That uh, video. Was yeah. It like 45 yeah. minutes. 40 so it's, minutes? 10, so it's 10 to one. Pretty much. Yeah, and we'll be going from that to one to one. And so. I mean, we bought this thing used for 1900 bucks. We yeah. spent $1,900 yeah. to get this thing. Yep. After we lost the first one. <laughs> Gosh, that was crazy. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that, that man. That'll be for one of our other our live live yeah. ones that we do. Yeah, for real. But, uh, but still, from going from that to practically one to one um, will be a huge, yeah. huge productivity boost for, yeah. for Mr. Joseph here. Yeah. So very, very excited about that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, all that to say, you know, it's, it's running on an arm chip and for the price, I think Apple has done something really special here. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of shocking. I, I, Apple tends to deliver most of the things that they, some of their, their language is obviously a little grandiose, but it usually is for smaller stuff. Or like this is magical, or this experience, whatever. They'll make grandiose claims, I think, about the experience of using something a lot of times. Uh, but generally, when they talk about performance of something, and they they have some metrics, even though those metrics were not the sharpest uh, things, you know, it wasn't like, oh, here's a specific metric, you know, like three x more this and five x, you know, they usually don't say that stuff unless they feel pretty confident about about the thing. Yeah. Um, and but it was still hard to imagine. Because what you're basically talking about is a souped-up version of uh, an iPad Air or, yeah. or an iPad Pro. Well, I guess iPad Air has the newer one. So take that and like just juice it up a little bit. It's kind of what it felt like. I'm like, really? I mean, you're uh, throwing out some pretty big claims right. here. Right? We're talking about putting that thing that runs one app at a time that are all based on you know ARM architecture and iPad OS apps that clearly aren't trying to be desktop apps. You're gonna take that chip and put it in a desktop and expect it to like even if it just does okay, that would be pretty awesome. And it just showed up, and it's like, holy crap. Like, yeah. I can't believe what this thing is capable of. And it just gets me excited less about, like, oh, I'm going to go buy me a Mac now. Whatever. You know, it gets me excited about the idea well, that— Well, you kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bought, I bought a third of one. <laughs> um, but, you know, it gets me excited about the idea of what could be possible with Chromebooks because not just the, the operating system itself, but the operating system— the type of expectations people walk up to a Chromebook with, and then just the web in general, all of it is so well suited for this type of processing. Like so well suited for it because Chromebooks, people expect you're not expecting to come in here and edit 4K video, you know, and and, and create movies and stuff. That's not what you buy a Chromebook for. You know, could we see some video editors in the future? Sure. You know, and to be able to do some simple edit you know, stuff and some YouTube stuff. I want to see that, but at, 
I don't know if there ever comes a time where you buy a Chromebook to become a video professional. I just, right. I don't know that that's even in the cards. So if we push that kind of stuff aside and realize like people approach Chromebooks to do the stuff, like we were just watching a video. Uh, what were we watching? Oh, I was watching Linus tech tips. I thought he was going to kind of re, I thought he was going to basically come on there and eat crow, honestly with, with, cause he's basically said the, the M one chips were not going to be any good at all. Um, and it was kind of harsh on, on, on a video that kind of had created some back and forth. And so I thought I saw this video where it says, I don't, it, it was just titled, I don't know how to use the new MacBook with the core M one or, or with the M one chip. And I was like, well, I'm curious what this is, but it's his other channel circuit, something, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and he was just unboxing it and talking about it. Like he literally doesn't know his way around Mac OS, obviously, but, um, He's good at titles. Yeah. But in the middle of it, he was sitting there uh, doing something and he was like, you know, um, is this going to replace, you know, discrete GPUs and and all this stuff? He's like, I I still don't think that's the case. He's like, but for most people, they crack open a MacBook and they spend most of their time on the web. He's like, most people use a MacBook just like a Chromebook. Yep. And he said that. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. They do. And so as people's tendencies and expectations obviously are shifting in in computing in general across the board chromebooks are in this very nice space to be like hey we're good at that stuff we're good at what the general person wants to do and arm chip like chrome os runs fine on arm chips and oh by the way since web technologies are kind of open and like it doesn't matter it's not like oh i got this arm thing i can't go to that website anymore not not a thing so don't worry about that and oh Actually, ARM chips are going to be better on Chromebooks because we want to run Android apps, too, from time to time. Well, those all just do way better on ARM chips. Oh, we like thin and light devices. Great. ARM chips are great for that, too. Oh, we want the prices to be down. Oh, ARM chips are great for that, too. You know, and I think with MediaTek coming in, we talked about this last week, but MediaTek showing up and saying, like, we're dedicated to this thing. Qualcomm's, you know, dipping a toe in the water with the 7C. Like, I think... You know, they've got some experience. Like Qualcomm has a lot of experience of showing up and saying, here's our chip. We're going to work with these manufacturers to make it as good as we can for this for this device. You know, um, I think we're going to see what I would say is a um, 75% um, uh, engagement of, of ARM manufacturers and Chromebook manufacturers compared to what we're seeing with Apple's completely integrated M1 thing. I think yeah. I think it's a... 65, 75% as good as that. Like it's not going, they're not just slapping chips. And like, it felt like with the rock chip devices, for instance, that they just slap the rock chip in and let's just get it working and move on. Like, we're not going to optimize anything for anything. It's just, we're trying to get this. And they, they said they optimized stuff and I'm sure they had to do some optimization. I, I'm, I'm speaking in generalities here, but it did not feel like this was this tightly integrated system. So you feel like OP one meant nothing. Is that what you're saying? Basically. I think they wanted it to do something. I, I, I think really they wanted to yeah, do something, I think, but I think they just—I think it got given up on. Yeah, and I think that's what a, a lot of it was. I think that was Google trying to do something kind of like what USI did. They're just creating an initiative right. to say these are these are chips that we 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 check check the check off. You know that they're they're good to go for Chrome OS, and it just it never caught on because I think the OP one site is no more. Yeah, it's I think just it's gone. A spam site now yeah, or something. So, so you know, so that that whole thing. I think they wanted to do that, but who they knows? don't need to now though, and that's the good thing. Right about in the it, middle so. of it, they might have figured out like uh, this isn't necessary, and that's not this is not what we attempt to do with smartphones, and it's been fine. Oh, and maybe we need to start talking about building our own silicon. 
you know, because this yeah. is around the Pixelbook 2 time or Pixel uh, 2 phone time. And so I think they started seeing the writing on the wall early on. Like, we can't compete in the upper tier uh, phone space unless we figure out a way to deliver good performance and do the things we want to do and keep get the price down. And so I, I, I feel like, like the Pixel 3 was confusing. The Pixel 4 felt like a throwaway. The Pixel 5 feels like a kind of a step in a weird direction. Like, I think it's all leading up to possibly a Pixel 6 with Google's own yeah. silicon inside. And there are reasons why these companies want to do this. It's, it's more control. It's more integration. It's more efficient. It's all these great things. And I think all of that stuff will end up bleeding down to, to Chromebooks eventually. It's just, it's just going to take time. It's just a matter of time, yeah. But because of the flexibility of ARM. So well-suited. Um, the flexibility of Chrome OS as well. I think, like I said, I think we're getting to a 75% solution. I think these new MediaTek chips, when they come out, I think not only is the chip optimized, I think Chrome OS is also going to be optimized. Because these MediaTek chips, they didn't say we're putting these in laptops. They're building these for Chromebooks. So when they're thinking about what cores and what pieces they're going to put in, they want to put in the best possible things to make Chromebooks better. Uh, I can't say the same thing of the Snapdragon 7C. Unless this is unless it's a special version, we've heard nothing of this. A special version that's just for Chromebooks, sure, but I don't think it is. It's their compute platform. So we're back to a little bit of the Intel game where it's like, well, we wanted to do this, but this chip only does this, so we'll we're do it take that way. This piece to make it do this, right? Yeah. And so I, I think. The 7Cs are going to be good. I think the MediaTek chips are going to be better because they're going to be more optimized. They're, you're building a, a chip with this, these Chromebooks in it's, mind. It's, it's not You're not taking a phone chip or a laptop or a tablet chip. You're taking a Chromebook chip and putting it in a Chromebook, and it's more optimized and more streamlined. And then I think our 100% is Google yeah. making well, its own it's, silicon. It's, it's, it's the same reason that this Mac Mini is... is I think going to be our editing station because you, it's that it's that vertical integration, right? You have yes. you have software, hardware, and everything kind of built for this one purpose, and that's when you can get right. this just awesome experience. And I think I think when 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 Google decides to do it, they're going to be able to deliver a similar thing. They're they're going to probably wow us even more than we're wowed with 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 all of this Mac stuff because. Mac stuff, we're always kind of like, nah, it's fine, it's great, right. <laughs> yeah, just because it's just who we are, you know. But we're we're giving them credit because they did an amazing job. But if if Google pulls this off, like Google can do some really cool stuff, and perhaps I don't think they would do this. Google could make a chip that then other people get to use. Yeah, that would be the, that, that would be an that, interesting but, move. Yeah, uh, but, but it's not it's not unprecedented. Think about it. Qualcomm makes a chip. A lot of people use it. Yeah. You know, MediaTek. Yeah, I mean, it's not like chips. Qualcomm's out there making phones, right? I mean, so I mean, there's a chance. There's a chance because that could still be really cool that Google would do that. Well, Samsung. I mean, Samsung makes for other. Or, yeah, yeah, they make for. Do they make for? They, Samsung made chips for Apple at one point. Yeah, and they'll manufacture. Manufa- chips. That's what I mean. Manufacture. Yeah, Samsung manufactures yeah. all sorts of them. I think Samsung got the contract to manufacture the Snapdragon Qualcomm 875. I'm pretty sure they're going to manufacture, like physically make all of them. It's crazy. Which I don't understand how that works. So if you if you're making the thing, how is it you can't make a chip that's the same i guess it's probably all licensing right like something bizarro town or but contracts like yeah so it's it's not as if you know like samsung makes their own chips obviously and they put it in their own stuff um apple now makes all of their own chips and puts in all of their own stuff um but it doesn't mean that a chip maker can't share that technology if they also own the ecosystem exactly. so yeah i don't think anybody's been in that 
No, no one's been in the position Google's in to make a chip. So right. this would be the equivalent of Microsoft making its own silicon. That's yeah. yeah so if exactly. Microsoft came up and said, "Hey, we have our new Microsoft XRZ7 chip," like, and it's a, it's, it's our own chip. For, it's optimized for Windows 10, exactly. and it's it, it'll run Windows 10 like a mother. And here you go. <laughs> Uh, and we put it in our surfaces like a mother. <laughs> uh, we put it in all our surfaces and we're going all in on arm and which again, we got to uh, ignore the whole piece of the pie that is legacy applications for windows. Like that's, that's what will always drag them down. Um, if we ignore all that piece and they said, here, this is what we're doing. And here, all our surfaces are running on this and we found some emulation da, 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 and they basically mimicked Apple and what they're going to do. It wouldn't be out of bounds, I don't think, for them to also offer these chips to their hardware partners. Right. Nobody who's made chips at this point has hardware partners also. Samsung makes Samsung stuff. Samsung does not make something that they put on other people's exactly, stuff. Yeah. Um, so that we don't have – nobody's written this story yet. So Google, Google has a chance. Like we're like, oh, they only would put it in Google stuff. I'm like, I, I don't, don't know that to. that's the case no. at all. Like if it's going to benefit – the Android the ecosystem. ecosystem. If it's going to benefit the Chrome OS ecosystem, why not? Why Why wouldn't you go because ahead? Because at the end of the day, they just want more people using their products and seeing their ads. And right. I mean, they're a search company at the end of the day. And they don't want to hurt their partners. Like <laughs> exactly. that's That's where like Google, Apple, and Microsoft overlap in these different areas. But Google and Microsoft are most alike in this area where they make their own stuff both on the software and hardware side, but they also have hardware partners. Right. <clears throat> you've got to be careful with all that kind of stuff. Apple doesn't have to worry about that. They just go do their thing and they make their own stuff. And yeah. It's and Apple, Apple, and Apple. Google could move even closer to what Microsoft does. Cause Microsoft has their, their little, their hardware set. It's not little, but they have their devices and they're distinctly Microsoft, you know, the surface line and all that stuff. And Google could do that as well. And then license their stuff the way that Microsoft does. And you have Google Pixel stuff. And then you have Google stuff that they license to other people. And, you know, Google can still keep their proprietary stuff for like Pixel cameras and things like oh, that. Sure, yeah. But still give their partners the benefit of using the same silicon that they're producing and make a little change on the side, you know? Yeah. There I mean, go. it Here's seems like hoping. it would make sense. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Because ultimately, I just don't think Google's hardware reach is wide enough for the the waters that they wade into. So mm -hmm. like Google's, even if they make their own silicon, Google, the pixel phones are never going to be, it might take a decade. Even if it, even if pixel phones killed it every year in and out and they were just the perfect phone, it would take a decade for them to overtake Samsung's yeah, dominance absolutely. Of, of delivering knockout phones. And they've delivered medium phones. So they're not even started on the path to, to that takedown. So that means your ecosystem for Android phones is still massive it's it's still wide and only creating something that's unique and awesome for your own stuff in that ecosystem is not going to be helpful to the ecosystem. Yeah. You just keep doing what you're doing over here in the corner and you know, there's your little story. And the same is true with Chrome OS. Like I love pixel books. We all love pixel books and people that use them love pixel books, but it's a, it's a, a small fraction of all Chromebooks. And so if you want to make a dent, if you want to make a change in an ecosystem, Keeping it to yourself is not going to be the way forward, I don't think. And I don't know. So that makes me hopeful that Google would yeah. say, it doesn't matter what Qualcomm's done. It doesn't matter what Apple's doing. We're it doesn't do matter what thing, Samsung yeah. does. Like, we're going to create this this uh, architecture. We're going to create this hardware. And then we're going to allow other people to license or use or sell it. or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they go about doing it. But no one has been in exactly their 
scenario to build a chip and make a choice on how to do that. And so they kind of get to write that story and be interesting to see how it goes. Cause I, I feel quite yeah, confident, really especially dope. after the M one that it's coming. Yeah. You know, just a matter of how, how, yeah, how, how they roll it out, you know, when they decide to roll it out, but you know, you know, they've got their, they've got their foot on the gas right now with, with, with oh, Apple making to. this announcement and, and going Apple's out making there. waves. They're big, making, big waves. they're making some big waves and you know, you know, there's people at Google that, that want to keep up with that. So, so yeah, I don't know. I th- I like your logic. It all makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's super simple. I mean, oh, yeah. come on, just do it. Uh, I think that's it for today, guys. Thanks, thanks for tuning in and uh, and listening. This whole little last section of the podcast here, we didn't even plan on this. It's just that's that's the beauty of podcasting. Yeah, kind of just went down a went down a path, and 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 here we are. So, uh, make sure to enter to win the giveaway uh, for the seven thirteen. That is up and running right now. We've got it running for like a month, so need to go get entered to win on that. We've got another giveaway coming soon, so stay tuned to the website and to the YouTube channel. Also, stay tuned to the website for deals. Uh, Gabe is just cranking out deals left and right, and it's hard to it's hard to mention deals on the podcast because depending on when you listen to this, that deal might be gone or whatever. <laughs> so there's a couple out right now that we really like. I mean, the duets the duets a great deal. Yep, the spin seven thirteen seven thirteen still on sale. Eighty dollars off on that. Mm-hmm. Fifty dollars off. Eighty dollars off. And even so, when it's not, it's still yeah, awesome. Exactly. But go check, just go to the website and click yeah, the Yeah, keep deals. an eye out because we, we've got, with 2020 being 2020, we've got a preview of a lot of what's coming because everyone's trying to get their online sales ramped up. So we know that there's going to be some even better deals coming later this month. Right. Uh, if you've been eyeing the HP, don't buy it yet. It's going to be like $379. It's rid- it, $250. And they've already off. advertised that? Yeah, that's going to be a, I, Best Buy doesn't, didn't put a specific day, but I think that's going to be their Black Friday deal on the HP nice. X360. So $250 off of yeah, that's a good 10th one. Gen flagship device. That's a good Pretty one. Pretty dope. So yeah, I mean, stay tuned. Uh, we've we've talked about doing this deal newsletter. Uh, maybe <laughs> this week has just been crazy because we did, well, Gabe was out for a little bit. We were dealing with some of that. And then we uh, decided to film our best Chromebooks of 2020 and film another big video that's kind of similar to that one that's going to go out here soon. And, uh, yeah, and so it's just been a crazy week. But maybe early next week we can get this deals newsletter out. We've talked about doing a a specific newsletter subscription where if you just want to know about deals, you can subscribe to this thing. The only thing we got to figure out, though, uh, did we talk about this already? Like, it's a it's a per post notification. It's almost it almost has to be. Yeah. So when a deal goes it, out, the, you need we need to email them then and tell them yeah, about so the deal. So we would we would set that up to be it would be every time a deal post goes up, yeah. you get an email because if you waited for a daily digest, for instance, some of gone. these deals don't make it through yeah. lunch. No, you know, yeah, exactly. absolutely. So yeah, we got to figure that out. But stay tuned for that if you're interested in that sort of stuff. We will uh, obviously talk about it on the website and. Uh, And if we get it done before next week, we'll talk about it on the podcast. But, okay, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you all next week. See ya. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.